I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Thursday. Houston wins Game 7 over OKC. Vegas is not impressed, giving Houston only a 16% chance to beat the Lakers. L.A., 84% chance to advance. Miami wins again as an underdog. Their underdogs no longer in the series. Now nearly a 60% chance for Miami to advance over Milwaukee. Division I college football kickoff tonight. Southern Miss favored by 13 over South Alabama. Yes, we're desperate for college football. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Thursday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Steve Fezzik, off today, back tomorrow in L.A. He's the Joe of the Bunch. Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we are still reeling from a couple of late finishes in the NBA, down to the wire they go in the bubble, and the return of college football later on tonight. What is the Vegas lead here on a Thursday? Well, Joe, I mean, as much as I like college football, we can't say Southern Miss and South Alabama is the lead, can we? (laughs) Nah. Let's go with, and we're going to do a little nuance here. How much does it matter the way the refs seem to play such a role because to me there's a couple of ways to approach this one is to say oh wow both games could have went the other way let's invalidate them somehow or it can be hey it's all in the game it sometimes you get the call sometimes you don't how much does it matter maybe I'll just start with you asking you that you can kind of reset it but I'm interested to hear how much does it matter to you because the games are final, the results are in the book. I mean, if we're just going specifically to, say, Miami and Milwaukee, uh, I didn't like either call. um, But at the same time, I'm not outraged by it because I feel like they kind of evened each other out. And maybe that's not a healthy way to look at it and it's not the right approach to take. But I look at it and say, did the team that most deserved to win win the game? And that was Miami. And so I'm not as outraged as, say, some other bad calls in other sports throughout the course of history. Now, that's a interesting way to look at it. So what you're saying is, if I look at the whole game holistically, I feel like Miami should have won. Now, this is your perspective. Yeah. And you're saying, hey, if the last call, which allowed Miami to win, isn't something I agree with, yeah, okay, but the right team won, which would be different than, hey, I think the other team should have won, and the call at the end caused the wrong team to win. So your point is you start with who should have won, and as long as they won, 
you don't care as much about how they got there. Yeah, I don't like the fact that they butchered two calls. I'm, I'm not happy about that because I wouldn't have made either call. But I can go to bed and not be bothered by it as much as, say, the NFC title game between the Rams and the Saints because that one side clearly got jobbed more than the other, and there was no really opportunity to get the result that maybe one team should have deserved had the call been made. It strikes me that... If we wanted to minimize the chance of these calls interfering with the legitimate result, what the um, righteous result would have been, we need to have less calls. Meaning, it seems like very rarely does a no call lead to a big problem. Now, if a call is correct, meaning, yes, it was a foul, it should have been called, and there's no call, you can make the case that no call was wrong and that's the call would have helped it, no doubt. But in general, that mistake, not making the call, seems small relative to the big, hey, he's shooting a three, there's hardly any chance he's going to make it. Oh, he comes down on the other guy's ankle, foul. All of a sudden, now that call is a drastic difference, whereas not as much if the whistles are just more in the pockets. You know, the hands are in the pockets, less calls. Obviously not letting calls go you think are clear, but if, if there's any doubt, don't call it. Would that be a good directional move of the NBA? If they just gave a mandate, hey, if you're not certain, don't call it. We'd have less fouls, let them play. To me, I think I'd like it better. Yeah, I'd be okay with that as long as they're consistent. That's the only thing. But, but that's it. When there's human, when there's human decision-making, just intrinsically, the flaws are going to be when they're not consistent, right? They're going to make... You know, different calls at different points, right? Like Houston OKC, when they called James Harden for grabbing Chris Paul at the end, you could make that call every single inbounds pass, but for whatever reason, they decided at that moment that was the time to make a call. Some people say, well, the refs are trying to, you know, insert themselves into the to the outcome of the game. I don't know if it goes that far, but I just it's the inconsistency that I think people are frustrated with. I think that there's a pink elephant in the room that needs to be pointed at and maybe, <laughs> hey, everyone, look, pink elephant, and here's what it is. The NBA has a history, and this goes back notably to the entire David Stern tenure, which was they want these series to extend, that if a team's up 2-0, they won their first two home games, and again, this is the bubble. It's different. But first two home games, game three, boy, it seemed like the official was on the side of that home team a lot. Now, as a fan, did you see that? Was there a time even pre-getting involved with Vegas, getting involved with the gambling conspiracies that are out there? Because in the gambling community, that was a known consideration. Oh, Stearns want, wants this one to go. We'll be fine on the ref side. It was heard a hundred times by me over the years. Were you aware of that? That hey, if a team's down 2-0, they probably get the calls in game three. I didn't really think about it until the Tim Donahue stuff came out. And then you start looking back and go, you know, that does seem a little bit funny. And maybe that's because I wasn't in Vegas, so I wasn't thinking in that in those terms, and my mind wasn't there. But I didn't really start to think about it until the Tim Donahue stuff came out, and you went back and looked at Sacramento and the Lakers mm -hmm. um, and all these other examples, and you go, wow, if it happened there, 
I mean, the chances of those being the only times in the history of the NBA that that sort of sort of thinking went into games as far as trying to extend series, it, it to me seems far fetched. So it had to have happened elsewhere. And here's the thing. If there's a human error involved, when humans are involved, there's going to be that error. It's especially insidious. It's especially dangerous for the game if there's also a sense that they're, they're playing favorites. Because if someone makes a mistake, you've heard the phrase, an innocent mistake. You make an innocent mistake, everyone shrugs. Even if it's something that's bad for you, you kind of get it. Now, if it's horrible for you, yeah, maybe you get really upset, but you get it. But if you think there's a overarching agenda, there's something they want to accomplish beyond letting the games play out, then when a mistake happens, how innocent is it? Maybe it's innocent still, but you know they have an agenda, so how can you be sure? So in general, this feeds upon itself. Human error, agendas, do they overlap? And I think with Stern back in the day, it would have made a lot of sense. Not saying I have any proof of it, not to, but what I know is this. The league wasn't always so ca- – it wasn't billion. How many billions are we going to bank this year? It was a question of, is this league going to survive at some points? And pre-Jordan, I think that's very fair to say. There's the you know, over-told story now of tape-delayed NBA Finals games. But there's some truth to it. Right? Imagine the NBA Finals not being played live on your TV. We were there pre-Bird, pre-Magic. And the idea of saying, hey, this team's up 2-0. We don't want a four-game sweep. Now, what did they do in those cases? Because a lot of people are going to say, RJ, do you think they fixed those games? I actually don't think they fixed those games. I think they did the following. Certain types of teams do better with certain types of officials. Let's use Zion as an example, which I believe he's one of the prominent ones in the current NBA. He benefits if there's, based upon the he's a very physical offensive player, and there's a certain style refereeing, Jonas, and maybe you can explain this better than me what that style would be in which Zion benefit and Shaq was like this Zion benefits from and I, and I would say it's probably more that if there's more foul calls it helps Zion because he's going to have a bunch of contact anyway is, is that how you see it with Zion specifically yeah and also because later in the game players are going to are not wanting to get in more foul trouble so they're going to not play as tough a defense which is easier for Zion to get to the basket which is really his game and what he specializes at so let's keep it that simple and say, okay, now the Pelicans are in a certain game. The NBA wishes they win that game. Do they fix it? No. But they very well could announce the official or dictate the official who's going to call Zion favorably, not out of any agenda, but rather it's his natural style as an official, and it benefits Zion. Another example of this, and maybe more prominent, In the gambling community, there are certain referees that are known, statistically proven, to be affected by the home team's crowd more. Now, that wouldn't be the case in the current bubble, but in any other time, it'd be like, okay, home team's down 0-2, crowd's going to be rocking. Let's get that official that lets the crowd, and we see it statistically, how many fouls are called for the home team away. Get him in there. Now, is that fixing the game? No. Is it influencing the game? It is. 
I don't think it's beyond the NBA at various times to have done that. And if not, can we look at these mistakes and say, oh, innocent human error? I think it's tougher because of the history. And I think there's a big difference between fixing and influencing. It's it's the same thing with when they talk about tanking in the NFL. The Jaguars are the most recent example. I don't think that the coaches or players are t- are tanking or trying to quit on the season. But I do think that the front office is trying to influence their ability to win games. And I think there's a big difference between the two. And I think the same thing happens in the NBA. You mentioned Scott Foster and or specifically the Donahue scandal. Yeah. And Scott Foster was, I'm not sure how to say this, uh, we, uh, we'll say allegedly extremely close with Tim <laughs> Donahue at the time. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I'm, I'm saying allegedly. <laughs> That's always good, just in front of every phrase, allegedly. And here's what I know. Scott Foster was involved last night, and Scott Foster said something to Chris Paul that makes you wonder if it if, if the mistakes are innocent. We'll get to that next. That's coming up next, but first straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations in-store curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm R.J. Bell. We are Straight Out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will take a closer look at Game 3 between the Raptors and the Celtics. Oh, this Scott Foster stuff is juicy. I mean, you know, Vegas people, they're... There is a conspiratorial bent out here. I tend to fight that, but this one is noteworthy. It's a great day to join us. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audience has doubled in the last year. Thank you so much for the support. This will be our best football season yet. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas. Right here in Vegas on the Strip, 106 degrees. The neon is churning. So, RJ, we've been talking about the controversy in the NBA playoffs last night. We've got another NBA game tipping off here in about 10 minutes from now between the Raptors and the Celtics. A busy time in the bubble for the NBA. No doubt. And we should say, I mean, you got to give the NBA a good grade so far. Yeah. And it's there was a lot of debate. Should they even try? And I think we're seeing with the Big Ten that Throwing the towel in too early is not a good look. And we'll see where that goes. But let's give the NBA kudos for being here. But there are questions about these calls. Innocent mistakes or agendas. I'm not sure why it would have been an agenda, Milwaukee, Miami. Would you agree with me, Jonas, that if the league was just looking at the bottom line, Milwaukee, Miami being 1-0, or check that 1-1 tied up, and that would have been the case if Milwaukee had won, would have been better than 2-0 Miami. Because if the length of the series, more games, more TV is the issue, 
Well, 1-1 would have led likely to a longer series. Would you agree with that? Yeah, to me, the later it gets in the postseason, the more games you get, the better because they're better matchups, better players, better teams. And so the more looks you can get at them, I think is better for the NBA as a whole. Yeah, and it's just, a, and again, you can say, well, the contracts are done beforehand, but then they look back. And obviously, when there's home crowds, there's the ticket revenue, the box office, as they say, revenue. And another way to look at it is, you know, Milwaukee did get some benefits. They had 39 free throws attempted in the game. That is the fourth most in any game in the last two seasons. So think about this, 177 games fall into this universe of NBA games the last two seasons. And McKenzie at pregame.com providing this info. This was the fourth most Milwaukee's free throw attempts, 39, of any team in any game of the last two seasons. So in a weird way, the refs were active to Milwaukee's benefit, and somehow they still couldn't win doesn't bode too well for Milwaukee in the series. Yeah, if you just watch the series, Miami's been the better team. I mean, that's, you know, it would have been a shame if last night they would have gone into overtime and lost that game on the foul uh, for Middleton, you know, hitting the three free throws. That would have been a momentum turner in the series, and it would have evened things up at one apiece. But ultimately, if you just watch and break down the series and watch every game, Miami's been far and away better than Milwaukee. Who did you pick in that series? Uh, Miami. And when you just calmly say Miami's clearly the better team, that that, that was just through you two games on the facts. Uh, through hey, look, I, I didn't feel confident going into it. I thought, all right, this is probably not going to go my way because Milwaukee figured it out. I didn't expect this to start out the series. Well, the fascinating part is, and in a minute we'll look at the game three price, but right now Vegas still believes Milwaukee's the better team. Now, how can we know that? Miami in the series, up 2-0, has a 59% chance to advance. Almost 60% Miami's going to advance based on the series odds. Okay, so Miami has become the favorite. But if you look at the title odds, they're both still 7-1. So if Miami has a clear better chance to win this series, but Miami has the same title odds as Milwaukee, it's a sign that Vegas, at least, the betting market, still believes that Milwaukee's the better team. So I'm not contradicting your beautiful 2-0 lead there. <laughs> but but do you you really it's kind of interesting. You think Miami's the better team or do you think in this matchup? I think they've been better so far. I I think Milwaukee is the better team. I think having Giannis, I still think Giannis is a better player than Jimmy Butler. But as right now, Miami's been better. They've just played better. And so I don't know to make of it as, all right, well, I've got to get over the fact that Milwaukee was great before the break or just look at the fact that in this situation, in this scenario, in this matchup, Miami's playing better right right now than Milwaukee is. Now, we've talked about the zigzag this is the zig-zig-zagger, I guess, because Milwaukee is a five-point favorite in Game 3. I don't think that Vegas considers Milwaukee to be that much better at this point, but there is that sense that this is a must-win. I mean, history tells us Milwaukee loses the next game, it's over. So there is that sense, if it's referees, if it's intensity, but Milwaukee's still a five-point favor, and if you doubt the zigzag, how in the heck could this line be five if there wasn't a strong accounting for complacency 
Miami's part and intensity from Milwaukee. Do you have any initial likes in that? Well, I just wonder why is the line the same as it was in game two? Because wasn't it five for Milwaukee in game two? So so what, what did they see in game two that would lead them to believe that Milwaukee still should be put at five points ahead of Miami into this game? I think your question, your, your incredulity is exactly correct, meaning it doesn't make a ton of sense without the zigzag. Because you would say, and Mackenzie, maybe throw up that game two closing. Let's make sure we get the exact right line there. But you would think, okay, you come into game two with a certain assumption, whatever about how good these teams are. Now you watch the game and you say, huh, whatever we thought of Milwaukee, not as good against Miami. Whatever we thought of Miami, they're a little bit better than we thought. That's a normal human reaction. And the line, the closing line in that game was actually Milwaukee five and a half. So now Milwaukee's five. But if you look at the games, you would remember these are neutral courts. Yeah. If this game were in Milwaukee, you add three and a half to it, this line would be eight and a half, maybe nine. So they're saying Milwaukee's clearly the better team. Watching game one and two has to cause you to question that, no doubt. And the fact the line isn't plummeting is cause of the zigzag. The thought is, yeah, Miami is closer to Milwaukee than we thought, or maybe better than them. But we know the motivation is going to be on Milwaukee's side down 0-2. So that's why the zigzag is interesting. And you'll see it. Let's say the Lakers end up winning game one against Houston by 25. You would think, oh, my gosh, that's proof that Lakers are better. Game two line is going to go up. Almost always the line will go down because the first game doesn't tell you all that much. It just tells you one game worth of data. No, the Vegas doesn't overreact to that. But they say because of that first game win, Lakers might be complacent in this hypothetical and Houston might be or likely more motivated. And it's really counterintuitive. But if you watch throughout these series, if a team loses – their line tends to improve the next game, which really is counterintuitive. <laughs> if it was 1-1, what do you think the line would be? Huh, now that's interesting. See, now you'd, what you're saying is, on one hand, Miami would have the motivation because, you know, if we assume it's the same order that Miami right. won the first game, Milwaukee won the second, that Miami gets more motivation, but Milwaukee gets credit for being a relatively better team because they won – it probably would be about the same. And, and that's always the question. Usually the zigzag is bigger than the statement the game makes, but occasionally the game statement gets bigger than the zigzag. Right. But remember, Miami won both these games. They were underdogs, but let's be honest. It wasn't convincing, trouncing victories. Right? They, no, just, they won a clean game. Yeah, they won a clean game both times around. Uh, game two was closer, but still you come away from that game going, Miami's been the better team so far. Yeah, so if you think back to Houston OKC, and again, I wasn't going to show up today because you're Houston winning that one, but, and I'm not happy about it, but I will say this I think we might have a reason, and we'll talk about that in a second with this uh, Scott Foster stuff. But Houston dominated so much early in that series that the adjustment for the impact of the game was bigger than the zigzag. So, in a way, that is a new way for us to think about it, is the zigzag is going to automatically go opposite of the game result. 
And thus, which is bigger, the motivation of the loss or the statement the loss makes about how good you are? Oftentimes, the motivation is bigger. Because remember, how many games have we had to assess how good Milwaukee is and how good Miami is? Eight, you know, Usually 82-plus playoffs. Yeah. Why would one game or two games really tell you all that much? They don't. That's the way a square thinks. Oh, look, they just won by 30. They're better. They were better that day. But if the results are so drastic, the statement is bigger than the motivation. In fact, I think we just stumbled on something here. I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. Check this out, Jonas. So Scott Foster, we'll say he's affili- was affiliated with uh, Tim Donahue, who now it's been 10-plus years, an NBA official who was uh, allegedly influencing game outcomes with alleged gambling. <laughs> I personally, it was the first thing that gave me any national profile. I did some research on it that was original way back when, and we uncovered, I think it was, it's been about 15 straight, now I think about it, games in which when Donahue was refereeing, that when the line moved drastically, which was a sign of betting public or the betting being disproportionate. So one team was getting bet a lot more. The team that got bet more won 15 straight games. And that is pretty much 50-50 after the line move. Because if it wasn't, why not just bet the games everyone's already bet already? And we know that doesn't work. 15 straight was a shocker. And here we are. (laughs) You can blame Donahue for this. Chris Paul, Thunder Guard, says, and this is coming from Paul now, and Mark Spears put this out, that Scott Foster made a point to tell him before Game 7 loss that he refed his Game 7 loss to the Spurs in 2008 when CP3 was with the Hornets. So Foster's walking out, who again was affiliated with Donahue, beyond what normal officials, let's say, would be you know, casually, and he's telling Chris Paul, hey, I was there when you lost the last game seven? What the heck is that? <laughs> I mean, who know? that could have been Chris Paul sort of spinning that after the game, uh, trying to you know, come up with a, another reason as to why he came Yeah, but small. would you say something that would be so easily debunked? I mean, right? well, Usually if you're going to fib about something, it's going to be about something you can't disprove. Now... Mackenzie, throw up there because you were talking about Chris Paul and Foster's history when it comes to results. Um, okay, Chris Paul has lost the last nine playoff games, the Foster referee. <laughs> so now what's interesting is why would he go back to the 2008 one? It would have been funny if Foster would have said, you know, in these nine games, boom, 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 you know. I ref those. You know your record? Oh, and nine. Good luck tonight. <laughs> I don't know if he's, but uh, it is curious if you have a referee ridiculing you and you've lost nine straight games that he's refed. Well, why would Adam Silver, if he knows this and knows this is going to be a topic of conversation and they've had issues with Donahue, why would he even put Foster in that spot to ref that game? From what I can gather, Foster is amongst the five or seven most, uh, High-profile refs, I guess maybe that's not the meaning. If you look at the referees in the playoff rotations, Foster's usually right in the middle of it. Yeah. And you're right. To some degree, you could say, 
with the quote-unquote stink he has on him. And I'm not saying it's fair that he has stink, but maybe stink, let's call it. Maybe the NBA's thinking if we show weakness. (laughs) Think about it. If you took Foster and ran him out of the league or you didn't let him referee any important games, doesn't that tell you that he was involved before? By doing this, it's like... And I'm not saying I have experience with this, but let's say you're with a girl and there's another girl that she thinks you have a shine for. If you're at the same party and you ignore her, does it look bad? Yeah. You walk up, start laughing, touch her elbow. All of a sudden you're innocent. I don't know. (laughs) There's a different ways to look at it. But my thought is the NBA's going, listen, we're not scared of your accusation. Put Foster in the middle of it all. And apparently Foster's laughing his way to who knows what because he's ridiculing everyone (laughs) for the results of the games. I guess the X-Files is appropriate right here. (laughs) You know what's funny, though? The more that you get older, the more that you have experience, all of the ridiculous conspiracies, like the fact that, you know, we didn't do a moon landing or whatever, you almost got to wonder if the real conspiracies work to put the ridiculous ones out there so it debunks anyone that thinks a conspiracy. (laughs) Right. Because there's a lot of conspiracies going on. Yeah. There's a lot. <laughs> I mean, there's just too many people with too many billions of dollars at stake. And I'm not even talking NBA. I'm talking about in the world. When all those people drop dead, you know, when Putin's enemies get poisoned. <laughs> no, that's a coincidence. They're all getting poisoned. That was tape of Steve Fezzik saying that, by the way. I don't know. <laughs> Steve Fezzik. He's back tomorrow. I'll give you his address if you need to. Time to shift gears here. When we come back, another topic entirely. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. You can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. You know, that Penn State story is really in a wheelhouse of what I consider to be one of the most important concepts that you have to consider when dealing with the modern world. Here's a theory uh, for you to disregard completely. uh. Or not. And it's this. The people who are the science people, the math people, let's call them the smart people, or at least they want you to think that. And they want to think that about themselves. I mean, if you really are honest with yourself, you realize that so much of your life is about an ongoing argument with, within yourself. What am I? Am I good? Am I bad? Am I smart? Am I hardworking? Am I lazy? And all of our perceptions get colored by that. doesn't matter how great you are, how not great you are. That's a human thing. And the truly great people can rise above it, but we all ultimately are in a perpetual judgment of ourselves. And a lot of substance abuse is about quieting that voice. You know, some of the great writers of all time were alcoholics because when they did have those voices and they got it on paper, it was art. But then at night, it's four in the morning and they want them to shut up. So they're drinking. I mean, it makes a ton of sense. But the people who aren't in academia, who aren't the quote unquote smart people, They're shamed. You don't believe science? You think OJ was innocent? 
It was 55 trillion billion million to one against. <laughs> Don't you get that? It's like, well, I get it. I get if every assumption that you're making, in fact, they're unstated mostly because we don't have time to go over them all. If they were all true, you're right. OJ was guilty because mathematically he would have been. Not, no other way to conclude. But you know what? I have no idea if your assumptions are right and you're not doing enough to prove them to me. What would you have to do? Show me the chain of custody was unmolested. Oh, well, you know, it was in someone's... Uh, yeah, trunk overnight, but you know, you can trust him. He's part of the police force. Hmm. Maybe. No cops ever lied. We know that much, right? Well, we don't, do we? So I'm not saying that the math guys or the smart guys are purposely trying to deceive. I think they believe their own BS. And you know what? The PhDs are pretty smart. But they don't ever want to be held in, or they rarely want to be held in account at the standard they would need to be for us to conclude that they're right, the percentage they say they are. So whatever you want to say politically about this governor's keeping the state shut down because they're following science, and this state isn't because they're not following science, COVID-19 is a pretty good example one day, the science says masks don't matter. The next day, the science says masks are the most important thing in the world. If you don't wear them, you're inflicting evil upon the world like a dragon <laughs> <laughs> with, with death rays of fire going out. And then the next day, we find out, you know, actually, we knew all along that the masks were important, but the government was lying to us because they had another agenda. But today, you're an idiot if you don't believe today's story. It can't be if you don't believe today's story, you're an idiot, but yesterday's story was a lie. It just can't be. And this fits in a lot of aspects of life, but one of them is, oh, look, there's a report. This many heart illnesses. Oh, look, actually, it wasn't a report. It was an overheard report. It got retracted. But if you would have disagreed with that report, Jonas, when it was making the rounds, you would have been the idiot. Yep. And I don't care what anyone says, Jonas, you're not an idiot. You would have been <laughs> reckless, and you don't care about the kids' safety, and you don't care about human lives, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's, it's, it blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, he's right. But when we come back, there'll be none of that. we got a best bet, always almost, in the last segment, and we got one today. That's coming up next, but first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations in-store curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone, he's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., we continue our countdown, 32 all the way to 1, our NFL team previews, and it brings us to team number 6, your Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, my Steelers, Fez with his pick on it, and he has a best bet on this one. I am skeptical of it, but it's really well stated. Let's listen. 
Number 16, Pittsburgh Steelers. Over nine and a half wins. I like it. Pittsburgh managed to win eight games last year despite absolutely horrific quarterback play from both Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges. Rudolph was the lowest rated quarterback in QBR amongst those quarterbacks that qualified. And Devlin Hodges, he was even a little worse. Now we bring Big Ben back. Big Ben in 2017 and 2018 was a top six quarterback. You know what? I don't need Big Ben to be a top six quarterback. As long as Big Ben is even an average quarterback, that offense for the Steelers will be slightly above average and that defense will be elite. If Pittsburgh could win eight games with a horrific offense last year, they can certainly win 10 with an average or better offense this year. I'm on the Pittsburgh Steelers over nine and a half best bet. Over nine and a half is the pick from Steve Fezzik. By the way, two, we're doubling up tomorrow, Jonas, two NFL previews. Number five and number four on Friday, six Eastern, FSR. Now, here's where I'm skeptical. Fezzik is tricky. Oh, so tricky. When it suits him, he'll say, and I'm not saying his voice is this high, but it kind of is, eh, Green Bay is a, a nine-win team, even though they won 13. It's like, well, how is that? Fitz? Well, look at, the, look at the stats. It's like, well, wait a minute. The stats matter when it's convenient to Fez, but apparently now he wants to be pro-Pittsburgh. Stats don't matter. It's a 1-8. But how many close games did Pittsburgh win? How many stats? If you look at their stats, they were like a five-and-a-half-win team. Give them credit for winning, but you can't have it both ways. I also question this. Big Ben, we can act like 2018 is the year we're going to look at. He played a game and a half in 2019. He was horrible. Now he will be almost 20. He'll be 20 months older when he takes a snap in week one than he was the last time he played a decent brand of football. We know Big Ben is probably not going to age well as a quarterback. And as a Steeler fan, I say that sadly because he took – a lot of hits. I don't think there's ever been a quarterback tougher than Big Ben. And people will say, oh, he'll tell you about it. Yeah, Einstein might have said he was smart. Doesn't mean he wasn't smart. Big Ben is a tough mofo. But those hits, they age you. I'm concerned it's been 20 months since he's played well. Maybe he will? I'm not certain. So you combine the fact that last year's eight wins was deceiving with Big Ben's a bigger question mark than people think. I don't say I love the under, but I'm not as high on over nine and a half Pittsburgh's wins as Fezzik is. What do you think, Jonas? And also, I mean, you know, the loss of Le'Veon Bell, I think they just assume that, oh, well, you know, uh, uh, James Conner will just step right in and fill that void. He wasn't all that great last year. Juju Smith-Schuster. And remember, Conner, though, was there in 18. Yeah. With big, yeah. But Juju Smith-Schuster wasn't all that great last year when he had the opportunity to step in there. And we've never seen a quarterback try and make a comeback off the surgery that Roethlisberger got. So to me, it's a big question mark. And if you do like Pittsburgh, I think look at title odds because I consider Pittsburgh to be a high-variance team, which means it's very possible they could win seven games. Very possible. But it's also possible they can win 12. If Big Ben does surprise us, that D is a monster. So I'm not anxious to go over under 9.5 either way. I would love to be able to go under 7 with a big payoff or over 12 with a big payoff. You know, give me, you know, I don't know, plus 450 or whatever. I think Pittsburgh is a high-variance team, and those are the type of teams you want to play to win the Super Bowl if you think they have a chance. So if you did 
feel optimism about Pittsburgh, I'd look more toward the, the Super Bowl than over on the win total. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, he's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Straight Out of Vegas. We will be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. If you missed any of today's show, including a best bet in the NFL, go to foxsportsradio.com. You can check out the podcast. Search for Straight Out of Vegas. Again, back here tomorrow for an early look at the playoffs over the weekend, and we are getting down less than a week away to the NFL season, right? here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Vegas!